Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. So we're talking about stress-free in 2023. Hello. Okay. So what is stress? What's your definition of stress? I really want us to like think about stress, but also understand how to relate to it and change our relationship to stress. Because actually what you'll find out in this webinar is that we actually need stress too. Right. I know we try to go stress free, but it really is all about stress freedom. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. There is good stress and some people thrive from it. Yes. Right. What if all stress is like it's just neutral and it really is like our reaction to it and our capacity? Because the same thing doesn't stress everybody out right? Like public speaking or doing a webinar. Yes. Vibrations in the body, particularly in my stomach and chest. Yes. Right. That's how you know your stress when you feel those vibrations in your body. For sure. Any other, what stresses you out? Let's go with that. What stresses you out? If anything, what is your greatest source of stress is another way of saying that. Right in the comments, right now, writing emails, right? Yes. You're not alone. I have clients in my program that the thing that's stressing them out the most is writing the email. Like we literally did a coaching call for her to write an email. Very accomplished person, right? So my to-do list stresses me out. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Stressing you guys out. Any relationships, marketing. Okay, we got a lot of business people here. Love it. What else is stressing you guys out? Giving constructive feedback. Ah, so giving, not receiving, but giving the feedback stresses you out. I wonder why. Hmm. It's like, what are they going to think? Am I going to hurt their feelings, right? Giving constructive feedback. Planning for retirement has me stressed out as fuck. Yeah, right? Because all of the things that they say that could happen if we like, and planning, and if I'm not a planner, and how am I going to treat myself if I don't have everything taken care of? And how do I know how much I need? Like all of that, being expected to do something I might not be good at. Ooh, yeah, right? What about workplace stress? Right? Did you guys get my email about workplace stress? akin to secondhand smoke, right? Workplace stress. What about body image stress? The way I look. Are you stressing yourself out by the size of your ass? Really, literally, is the size of your booty stressing you out or your lack of booty? Because I've actually coached people on the fact that they have a flat ass and it's like the size of their ass. The curvature of it, whether it is or isn't, that's stressing you out, right? 
What about our hair? As Black women, really, let's think about it. Does our hair stress us out? Because it's like, it don't lay like it's supposed to. Is it going to rain? Is it not going to rain? Can I go swimming? Right? On vacation. All the stuff I got to do, how long it takes for me to do it. Finding my soulmate. What's changing with age? Aging, yes. Getting older is stressing me out. All the aches and pains, stressed about becoming less mobile, right? Yes, so good. So I just want you guys to notice, like, what about our family, our relationship with our family, our kids, how they're doing, changing the hair? Yes, the changing of my hair, right? Yeah, As we get older, it thins, the texture changes, it changes color, financial conversations with my husband. Yes, right? Think of all the things that we hold as stress. Did the kids eat? What are we going to eat? What are we going to cook? Do they like it? What am I going to wear? What are the kids going to wear? Right? Just really think about it. College planning for my teen. Yes, right? Just really think about it. So I'm going to give you mine. My mother is 92. She has decided to return to live on her own, stressing about her safety. Yes. Let me give you a very simple definition of stress. Stress is anything that requires our attention. Anything that requires our attention. Yeah, keeping my father focused, caring for himself beyond the day-to-day, right? So now I got to think about my stuff and my dad's stuff. That's requiring my attention, right? The size of my butt, whether it's look like when I go out, is there a, don't have a high school reunion coming up. I'm getting ready to have my 40th. Oh my God, right? What I look like, the size of my butt, how I'm going to wear my hair, what am I going to wear? Stress. Anything that requires your attention. Yeah. My kids, my mother living on her own. She's 92. She gets to decide that, right? But still, that stresses me out because now, like, if she doesn't answer the phone on the fourth call, what's wrong? She goes out with her friends and doesn't take her phone and forget. I'm stressed out because my attention is to what's happening with my mom right? Launching my new offer is requiring my attention. Yes. So we're going to talk about stress and why I think our ability to recover from stress, because the more stress we have, right? Our ability to recover from stress is the thing that's in the way of us creating our epic shit. Y'all know I love us creating our epic shit. And it's different from each of us, right? I mainly coach on three different areas. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But our relationship with ourselves, if our relationship with ourselves is out of balance, is disconnected, is not one of lovingness, stress. Girl, why you do that? I can't believe you did that. How you think you're going to do that? You shouldn't have done that. Stress. It's requiring my attention because when I think I shouldn't have done that, now my brain is what? Repeating that like over and over again. Where did I go wrong? What should I have done? Ruminating on that, right? Stress. My relationship with others. 
We're going to talk about that. Great source of stress. Do they like me? Should they like me? They stop liking me, right? Don't let somebody like you and stop liking you. Stressed. Do they love me? They don't love me? Stressed. You want them to love me and they don't love you? Stress. I want to bring our awareness to the tax and the toll and how much is, remember, anything that requires our attention. And as Black women, I'm going to say it. Y'all know I'm going to say it. I just think we got more to hold our attention on. Because we have been trained and we have been conditioned and we have been assigned the role of the world's caretaker. Think about it. We have been, yeah, we have extra stressors. Yes. We have been assigned the role of the caretaker of the world. Make sure the house is fine. Make sure the kids are fine. I can be your wet nurse. You take care of your kids, but oh my God. I can't take care of my own. I can help you manage your house, run your house smoothly, but I can't be considered a homemaker, right? Think of the disparity. And when that disparity is there, then our attention goes to when people come over, oh my God, my house doesn't look like the perfect homemaker, stress. My kids are making C's in school, stress. I'm not the perfect mother. Right. By significant other, be it male or female. Right. Doesn't do what I like their reaction. What happens with them? Stress. Right. Yes, we have extra stressors. Okay, so why we're highly stressed. Okay, the results shown that we are prone to more disabilities, chronic diseases. We have a higher morbidity and mortality, but morbidity is symptoms from like the things that happen with the loss of activities of daily living is our morbidity, right? Like we have a higher rate of morbidity. We may not die from it, but we're going to suffer consequences of it. We have higher rates of cancer. So people can say y'all not stressed, but I'm like, "Mm, no, look at the results. The results speak for themselves. Women over 50, highest incident, Black women over 50, highest incidence of disability. So we get a shorter runway, like we don't get a long runway, or we need a longer runway, let's put it that way. Like So it takes us longer to take off because we don't have the support or all of the other things, right? So we finally get here. And then we can stay here for a little while. And then because of all the stress of running to get here, it takes a toll. And so not only did we start late, but we finish early because we have higher rates of disability because managing the stress. So higher rates of disability, workplace stress is equivalent to secondhand smoke. I gave you that email about that. Harvard and Stanford universities did a combined study that said workplace stress is as deadly as secondhand smoke. So ain't even the person that's smoking, because remember, the secondhand smoke is the worst one. So not smoking, secondhand smoke, workplace stress. So if this is like that for the average person, y'all know where I'm going with this, workplace stress for us, the constant microaggressions, right? 
our body habitus, all the things that we talked about, how we love and who we love and when we love and if we love and if we're partnered and if we're not partnered, go to a function and be sick and be single. Think about all the attention that goes to the fact that you're single. Stress, right? Our assertiveness. Why is that a topic of conversation? Our assertiveness. Why can't we be assertive and want what we want? No, we got to be loud. We got to be like greedy for it or arrogant. Oh, there she goes again. Why can't I be assertive? Right? Always that label. Yes, right? Arrogant. She's arrogant. Yeah, hell yeah, I am. Right? But why is it arrogant for me and for Bob? It's not. He's just going after it. Same thing. Yes, we did earn this arrogance, right? I love that when we start owning it. I remember when I used to work the OR and people would say, you're loud. And I just finally started saying, you know what? I sure am. Yes, the angry Black woman. And so now our attention has to go to, especially when we're in corporate or professional, right? Am I professional enough? Are they perceiving me as angry? So again, our stress there requires our attention. How am I going to ask this question? I need to think about the question before I ask. How am I going to present this? Because I don't want to like be perceived as angry or whatever. But yeah, I'm pissed. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. But I've got to like curtail it in a way. All right. Andre Lord, y'all know her? Black feminists, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. I'm going to say that again. The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Right? But yet, one of the reasons why we're stressed is because we're using their tools trying to dismantle the house. Never will work. Remember, the tool is we're supposed to be the caretakers of the world. That's the tool. See how it shows up. I'm supposed to be meek and humble and just work. Thank you. Love you. Over nurture, over take care of, overthink, be really smart, get you out of trouble, but don't get any of the credit. Right. Think of our role, like our given role. Our role from the master was always to be the caretaker of the world. I'm going to work in the field, work in the house work after hours with you, all that shit. Like the tool, the way they use it may be different, but the tool, the thinking of it is still the same. What do you mean you don't want to go get me coffee? You should be honored to be vice president. I'm like, I could be president. I should be running this, right? The tool. So for those of you who don't know, don't worry about it. I'm going to talk about like, how this happens, how this shows up. I'm just going to give a brief thing on what we call the model. One of the tools I use and deeply rooted. Okay, so C-T-F-A-R. C is a circumstance. T is a thought. F is a feeling because our thoughts are created by our feelings. I'm going to say it again. Our thoughts are created by our feelings. 
right? And our feelings drive our action and our action over time, those habits create a result, okay? Don't worry. You're going to get this part of it no matter if you understood that or not. Okay, so our thoughts create our feelings, right? Our actions, and I've said this before and I will continue to say this because I really want us to understand. Our actions change people's thoughts about us and make them feel a certain way about us. That's what we've been taught. And so we're tied to our action, caretaking, however it is, overworking, thinking, what we do, what we didn't do, right? Creates thoughts and feelings in other people. What actually happens is our actions go to our C, which are just completely neutral. They don't create thoughts and feelings in, in people, right? They're neutral. And so it goes here and then they have a thought about it, but those thoughts are optional. Our thoughts are optional, but we treat them as if they're not. She's good. She's not good. They could think that it could be the same thing. I stay late. She's good. She's not good. She shouldn't like anything you do. It could just be a fact. And then people can have their thoughts and therefore their feelings about it. But when we're taught, as especially as women and as marginalized women as we are, that our actions create thoughts, how they think about us and how they feel about us. So therefore, if the person stops loving us, somehow or another, I did something wrong. If the person never loved us feeling, right? Then somehow or another, I did something wrong. If they think we're being greedy or loud, if they have a thought that our action is greedy or loud, somehow it's because of my action. I did something wrong, right? Where the decimal point at which you say something could go just on their C line. Again, don't worry about this. If you don't get this, just get the point of it. Because once you join Deeply Rooted, and I'm, yes, I think you guys should join Deeply Rooted. We go through this. I literally focus on this. I give feedback on it so that you guys understand how to use one of the tools. Just, just one of the tools we use in Deeply Rooted. So... That's what we've been taught. And so their action, right? We do all our actions so that they take an action, which is give us the promotion, right? Get the relationship, get the promotion, get the client, get the support around the house, get people to agree, agree with your and validate you. So we take all of this action so that we can do these things, right? Stress. Like we're using the master's tools trying to dismantle the house. <laughs> this will never work, but yet we still try it. I coached someone the other day and it was, I'm doing all of this to try to get them to see that like I'm doing a good job. And so they were doing all of this work and then they created a result and it wasn't the result that she wanted. She lost her shit just about, right? Because I'm doing all of this and yet it's not getting the result that it's supposed to get. And so 
what happens when we do it this way, I said, it doesn't work. It becomes CTFA because we keep, instead of changing the tool, realizing that we're using the wrong tool, we're like, oh, I'm just not doing it enough. I need to change it. I need to do it differently. Oh, I need to lose weight. That's what it is. Oh no, I need to gain. I need to build the booty. That's what it is. I need to take a different action, right? Y'all tell me what's coming up with you on these, right? Anybody relate to that? Any actions you're taking, like trying to expect them to get a different action? Because the tool that we've learned is that A's create A's, meaning our actions create their actions and they don't. It doesn't work. Like this does not work, right? That's the caretaker model. And this is the model that has been given to us from the masters. You're supposed to be good little women and just be happy. And if you do good, I'll do good. How many of y'all have like banked on that and like got blindsided? No. Let me see what y'all are saying. Respectability politics. Exactly. They try to trick us with the perception in (laughs) is reality, which keeps us in the A-line trying to change their thoughts. Exactly. Right. I'm trying to get a well-deserved promotion and that's exactly what I'm doing. Right. Yes. I have a history of overworking to try to get recognition. Yes. Then when I'm recognized, I feel like I need to be humble about it. Right. We can't win. It's like I overwork so that I can get recognition because I want to be recognized, right? And then when I get the promotion or I get or they recognize it, I can't even own it. Like, yeah, I know I did. Of course, like, yeah, I did that. I have to be humble about it. Yes. Our A's don't change their A's and they never do and they never will. But as black women, like our role as caretaker has been the safest thing that we option that we had. Don't do this. Don't do this. Wear your dress like this. Don't wear your dress like this. Do your hair like this. Don't look them in the eye. Look them at the eye. Who you going? Like, think of all of the attention. Think of all of the attention. Yes. Overworking feels safe because it's been our default for so long right? Overworking feels safe, not because it is, but because it's what's familiar. It's what's wired in our physiology. So I'm overworking. That feels safe. That's what we've seen. That's what the masters expect. That's what the world expects. We get praised for it. So that all feels familiar to our body. And our body, though, is also saying, our nervous system, and our body is also saying, I can't keep working. (laughs) And then we wonder why at 50, our disability, like, really, chunk down. Like they say, Black don't crack until you get to 50. And then you look at us internally, comparing it to everybody else, and we have aged 20 years more internally. Think about that. Why? Because we're still doing A's for A's. Trying to swap. Okay, I'll match you an A. Or I'll go bigger on my A just so I can get this little bitty A. And then, okay, I'll be happy. Right? 
how do you guys think this is getting in the way? Because we're all about like, this is stressful, right? Like all of these things are the reasons why we're stressed. But my hypothesis is to actually embrace the stress because we have to realize that the tool that we've been given, which is caretaking the world, doesn't work. But because that is familiar, as Shane said, we're going to have to use a different tool. And when we use a different tool, it's not going to feel familiar. And so therefore, we're going to be stressed. Right? We're going to be stressed if we do. We're going to be stressed if we don't. But which one would you want? The stress of working with a tool that will never work? And we got 400 years of proof of that? Or the stress of developing a new tool, like learning to write with your left hand because your right hand is in a cast. The stress of learning to use a new tool, knowing fully well, it's not going to feel right. It's not going to look right for a while. I may fail. But eventually I'm going to learn how to write and build and dismantle this house because this tool at least works. What y'all think, right? My coworker was laid off and the company kept me. He wasn't satisfied with the severance, so he negotiated. <laughs> yeah, right? I doubt if this had had been me that I would have had the balls to negotiate. I would have been happy with what they gave me. He got more money. Yeah. So true. Like what we do, what we leave on the table, Did y'all get my email talking about, is your stress costing you millions? That, what we leave on the table because we're trying to like, like their A's and how they think about me and get my validation from that. I'm not going to bring up that. Like that wasn't enough servants pay. How often is that happening that we're not even aware of, right? leaving millions on the table because I'm trying to outwork my stress. Yes. And the outworking the stress is actually creating more stress because you're using the wrong formula. Developing the new tool, most definitely, right? Exactly. It is about developing the new tool. That's what we do in Deeply Rooted. It's not like, Looking at it, it's like, why are you using a saw? <laughs> Honey, that needs a hammer. What are you doing? It needs a hammer? I've been doing this with a saw. Yeah, that's what we do in Deeply Rooted, right? All right. What does this look like? Staying late, right? Overworking. Doing everything. Reforming people pleasers. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So when that, A, let me come back here before I go on, because I want to make this point because we keep using the same two. So we just keep making this bigger. We just keep, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to do this. Right. We're leaving the T and the F is so small, right? That's where our power is. But because we've been taught that the power is in the A, We just keep on, keep on, keep on. And then what we end up doing is being despondent, bitter or hopeless. I really want y'all to hear me on this. Eventually, if this is the tool that we've been told works, 
Eventually, we're going to be despondent. It must be me. I can't do it. We're going to be bitter. Fight everything, right? Bitter, right? I've been working. I've been overworking. You didn't give me the, right? Like bitter, angry, or hopeless, completely hopeless. Like I got nothing because I've tried this. Like I cooked, I did this. Yes, all of it. Without hope, we truly have nothing. Exactly. But this is the way we're trying to go in and do our epic shit. And we're wondering why we can't do it. As I've said before, it is not a capability problem. It is a capacity problem. And it's the capacity to be able to identify what the stressors are, sort them out, right? Deal with the ones that we need to and really clearly identify like, oh, that one actually isn't a stressor. I'm just using the wrong tool. It's never going to work. So maybe start learning a new tool, which means being willing to feel uncomfortable. Why we build our epic shit, right? But this tool won't work. What it looks like. Okay, so now we can go back. Staying late, right? Paying for stuff we don't want to do. Paying for the trip. <laughs> like all the people pleasing stuff. Paying for the trip for not only you, but for the boyfriend and his mama too. Like, <laughs> better call Tyrone, right? I got to pay your way and your boyfriend, girlfriend's way. And sometimes you yeah, right? That. We write songs about this. This is our life, right? This is true. No matter the socioeconomic status of you, this doesn't mean you're weak because you're doing this. This is the program we've been taught, right? So the first thing we need to do is stop shaming ourselves for this. Like we will never get there if we're shaming ourselves for like, I can't believe I did this and I paid for this and I do this and I do this. Of course you do. So when we stop shaming ourselves, we relieve the stress because guess what shaming yourself does? increases the stress. So you stress and you're trying to stop and like you're using the wrong tool, but yet still stressing. Think about it. So good, right? So we're staying late. We're doing all the stuff. We're not bringing up the issues because I want you to see me as not the loud person. I want you to see me as grateful, right? I want you to see me as grateful. Like, come on, like we don't bring up issues. Why not? I don't want to be perceived as the independent woman. Are you that end? I'm not that kind of independent woman. Hell yeah, I am. Don't want to be too much. Yes, too much. Give me some more, y'all. Because this is our experience. Don't want to be the troublemaker, right? Afraid of creating conflict, right? I can't create conflict. Because what happens when we create conflict? Oh my God, it was my fault. I did something wrong, right? Other way it looks is like we fight for everything, right? All my life I've had to fight. That's what this looks like. When we start getting the bitter part, just fight for everything. And then everything is a struggle. And when we're like that, like studies have shown when our brain is that stressed, they can show you a picture, right? 
and you will see what is neutral as something very dangerous. Not because it is, it's the picture is the same for everybody. But if your brain is stressed and you're in this fighting for everything, that look that your coworker gave you, which was just neutral, you looked at it as, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> which brings even more stress because the, the coworker didn't even mean it. Like she literally or he really didn't even mean it. It was just a look. But because we're stressed in our limbic system is being hijacked. I'm not, I really didn't want to get real technical in this because I teach you all of the physiologic reasons why this happens in Deeply Rooted. I just wanted us to understand ourselves on this and understand the thing of stress. So that look, the look that your wife or husband gave you, right? Or kids gave you. It's just a look. But because we're in our lower brain and we're stressed and we're overworking, we're doing all the A's and ain't nobody appreciating me. And I'm trying to get my A's to match so that you can do the A, which is appreciate me, understand me. I know like for the longest I gave up having my ex-husband understand how good of a mother I was. <laughs> it's like, you know what? <laughs> You'll figure it out eventually. Right? That little child support you giving me, you really think? Right? But it took me a while to like understand like that look, that statement. I get to decide that. And if I'm out of my lower brain, I can be like, okay, whatever. Or I can be in my lower brain and be mad that he's not like, you're amazing. Thank you for everything that you've done for it. And it keeps me tied to my, all my attention is here on trying to get him to see my value, how good of a mother I am. Bump that. I'm going to go create my epic shit. These are the things in the areas, right? That this work is important for us. Like, because we have to see the toll. We have to. We have to address it. Fighting for everything. Give up on our dreams. Because remember, we're hopeless. Must not be me. Y'all be blaming God. Well, it must not be meant because God didn't make it easy for me. Because stress, right? The road isn't easy for me. So therefore, it must not be meant for me. No. That's not what that means. At all. God doesn't want this for me. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. How many of y'all have had this thought when it starts getting difficult? The people ain't buying. The people ain't validating. You're not getting in a promotion. The weight ain't happening. The booty size ain't going up or down. The kids are still leaving dishes in the sink. <laughs> Your spouse still ain't taking you out, still ain't sending you flowers, still ain't saying I love you, still not giving you the text. You still single, right? Come on. How many of you have like, must not be meant on the daily? Yes. What if that wasn't what that meant at all? But when we're using the master's tools, my A's equals other people A's. 
we eventually become powerless because I have written this email. I don't know how many times I have gone live. I don't know how many times still don't have a client. I have like worked hard and hard and hard and I still didn't get the promotion. They gave it to Sally Sue, right? I bust my ass and my husband still had the affair or my wife still had the affair because I'm an equal opportunity here. I don't care who you love. Love is love, right? I bust my ass for my kids. I've sent them to the best school and they still like A's for A's. So it must mean at some point, either we're going to keep working hard or the brain is going to go, okay, like it needs relief. So if it's not my action, it must be, it's not meant for me. So we quit. How many of y'all really get this? Right? But it's not because of your capability. It's because you don't have the capacity to understand stress, deal with it, unpack it, reframe it, and lean into it sometimes. Because remember, when we go against the master's tools and we decide I'm not going to be the caretaker, some people may not like that. And that, as Shane said, is going to be unfamiliar to us. So the stress is going to be within us. I'm actually going to go towards the conflict. I'm going to bring up the conflict, the feedback. I get stressed when I have to give constructive feedback. I'm going to do the feedback. That's stress for you inside. I'm going to keep writing the emails until I figure it out. That's stress for you inside because it's like, they must not be liking it. They must not want it. I must not be able to do this, all of that. And so for you to continue until you figure it out, stress. But are you willing to experience that stress? Because the other stress, trying it using the A for A's, isn't working. It's stressing you out. Okay, what's coming up for you guys? Anybody said, I feel that. Yes, it does feel heavy. I totally agree. It does feel heavy, Nicole. But what's the alternative? And the reason why it feels heavy is because of the way we're addressing it, the way we're relating to it, and what we're making it mean. And that's what we do in Deeply Rooted so beautifully. It's like when you give a voice to it, when you identify like that this picture, wherever the picture is, I can't believe I did it right in the middle of the book. Of course I did. That this picture is just a picture. Okay. Even though your brain is saying, but no, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Like, no, no, no. It's just some scribble on a page. No, but it's really a lion and such and such. And it's coming to get us. Yeah, I know. That's what it looks like. And that might've been what it used to be. But it really is just, he just says some shit. My safety really isn't in danger, right? It does feel heavy. And that's the unpacking so that you can expand your capacity. And then we make it not being easy mean something, right? It ain't easy. I got to work hard. Must mean that I can't do it. We want the Red Sea to part every time. No, just because it's not easy doesn't mean that like it's not meant for you. You're not supposed to do it. But when we make easy mean right, which is what we're right and good. Bad 
good things happen to good people. Right? Like bad things happen to good people. But when we use the master's tools, it's like, if you be good, I'll reward you. So we've tied good with reward, with easy, with life. I get to go in a big house as opposed to living on the, on the field. Like, see the attachment here, guys. It goes deep. If you're good, you get this. That is not necessarily an attachment. Those two really don't go together, but we've just been taught that it does. So easy. Not supposed to be easy. Now what? Your epic shit is epic. Give up on the idea that it's going to be easy. No, you may have to write 50 other emails to get one. You may have to do, I don't know how many more presentations. Like give up on easy. Easy equals good. Yes. Okay. So solution. Let's use the tools that work. Understanding that my actions does not equal their actions, right, is one thing. It's like, oh, I can stop taking credit for the results that they create. I can stop that. The awareness of that is huge. That's what coaching does is because it's like we see it and we're like, no, 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 I did wrong. Or just such, such like, no, why are you taking responsibility for the way they think or feel? Right. And it sounds easy, but when you're in it, no, it's like being inside this bottle and trying to read this label. I can't even do it. I can't do it for myself. I go to my coach all the way messed up even though I can coach you guys very powerfully because I'm inside the bottle at that point. While I'm outside the bottle, I can read safe choice, such and such. When I'm inside the bottle, I can look through, I will never be able to read it. And when we understand that, we can stop making the fact that I can't see this a problem. You're not supposed to until you start gaining awareness, but we need help understanding and pulling that apart. And that's one of the things that we do very well and deeply rooted. Like you start seeing it because it's a group environment. So you see it even more. Let's think about this. We have the stress. Can't see it, but that's me. And here's your epic shit over here, right? Do you have this bucket? And the stress are holes in your bucket. Right. And you want to go over here to epic shit, but the stress is holes in your bucket and it's just leaking. It's leaking out. So what are some of these holes in your bucket? We talked about it like this hole could be people pleasing, people pleasing my boss. Give me some holes that's in your bucket. People pleasing boss. What are some of the holes in your bucket? Not being good enough. Yes. Thinking I'm not good enough, right? Thinking I'm not good enough. That's a hole. Every time I think that thought, oh my God, it needs my attention. If it needs my attention, it's a hole. It's a drain, right? It's a drain. Give me another one. Thinking I got to lose weight. Letting others take credit for your work. Yes. So how is that a stressor? Because you're sitting up going, can't believe like I never get credit for it. Like the stressor is I'm not standing up for myself, right? Not standing up for myself. 
And then probably internally, I would love to know what you're doing internally when that happens. Not the best supervisor, stressor, low bandwidth due to caretaking everything. Yes, kids, everything. Just think about all of the holes that we have. Size of my lips, my hair, how I talk, the tone in which I talk. Do I speak the king's language? Do I not speak the king's language? All the stressors that we have, how our coworkers think about us, how we relate, what they do, right? All of the stressors. And then we wonder by the time we get over here to create our epic shit, it's just been draining out. There's nothing. We have nothing in the bucket left. Again, not because we're not capable. Capability is a thing. It's there. We don't have the capacity because we have all these holes. So what we need to do is like start filling these holes to increase our capacity for stress. Recognizing them, some of them, our past ain't got nothing to do with our future over here, but we're still stuck in the past. That's a hole. Last time I did this, it didn't work. I spent money on this. I spent money on this thing. It didn't work. Still here, stressing, stressing. As opposed to, yeah, that didn't work. Okay, I'm trying it again. Patch that hole, fill it up, and get over here and get your epic shit done. Right? That last relationship didn't work, so I'm going to bring that over to the next relationship instead of filling that hole. Your relationship with yourself. The other thing is, okay, so we do it that way. What are we expecting of ourselves here, right? Our expectations of ourselves, my A's, right? My actions I take influence or equal what I think about myself and what I feel about myself. What I do and don't do, that equals what I think and feel about myself. That's not true. I shouldn't do it that way. I should do it just that way, right? So therefore, like if I'm showing up, Whatever I do, if I'm working late or if I'm like, just give me some of the actions that you do that you're like trying to, so that I can know that I can think that I'm amazing at this or I can feel confident, right? Some of the actions there. Answer questions after hours. I can think I'm a great employee about myself. Like this stressor is you. Still you holding on to the actions first and wanting to see it before you change your thoughts and feelings about you. Guess what? We will never get to epic shit if we're trying to have our actions determine our thoughts and feelings about us. Because our thoughts and feelings is our identity and our actions are fueled by our identity, not the opposite. So for many of us, our epic shit means a change of identity. It means I am that CEO. I am that district leader. I am that director of the department. I am that partnered individual that is feeling love, all black love, right? I am that great mom. I am an amazing coach making six figures, seven figures. I am that. But we, we don't want to have that identity, that epic, until we see the actions. And that's just not the way it works. The other way we do this is 
we pimp it out to our work, our work or our contribution, right? And we make them responsible for how we feel and then how I can think about myself. So if my work says I'm good and I get the promotion, then I can feel confident and then I can think I'm good at this. But again, therefore, it's always tied to the work. So deeply rooted, we're connected in three ways. When we do the stress, we understand it in three different ways. One of the things we do is repair the connection. Okay, we're going to repair this connection. And when we repair this connection, we're talking about a connection to ourselves because instead of doing all the actions to get them to think and feel about us, we just decide we're that already, right? The most powerful individual is the woman who doesn't require validation. So we repair that connections about ourselves. Yeah, I am that. I am all of that. We do the work to do that, but not only connection with ourselves, but our connection with our fellow sisters, right? With our sisters, because healing happens in community, completely in community, right? And I'll explain and share why that works and why that happens, okay? And we heal ourselves from the mean girl, right? Do we have that mean girl? We change our relationship to her, okay? Just change our relationship to her. We repair that relationship with the mean girl. We do our identity work, right? I can say I'm this without having any proof, any evidence. Again, faith is believing without evidence. So I don't need my A's before I can think this about me, okay? We work on our identity. Some of the biggest holes is the holes that we have about ourselves. I can't, I shouldn't, I did this last time. Those are some of the biggest gaping holes. And then we try to take that bucket and do our epic shit. And we hadn't closed up those holes. Connection, connecting with ourselves, connecting with our sisters, connecting with our inner mean girl, connecting with our identity, connecting with our past. Okay. All right, so I'm going to give you a little example of what it means to be connected and how we grow with that. This is last cohort or actually the first cohort that we did of Deeply Rooted. And I just want you to hear it from others' voice. I'm Marlene Lowy and I'm a life coach. So I work with women and others. And really what I do is work with what I call the marginalized parts of ourselves that we put to one side. And when we do that, we are walking around like literally incomplete. So I work with people to bring those parts back so we can like be whole and go out sort of like live the life that we want to live. And it's interesting because my previous background is like, you know, I worked with on uh, human rights issues and definitely with marginalized people. So in the past, it was like marginalized people on the outside. And now it's like looking at those parts within us and how to integrate them. to So we're walking around more complete, more whole. And this group is everything. I didn't think I needed it until I came into it. And it's like, oh, this is where I need to be. 
it's like being able to exhale and there's a real different sense of safety of community and safety is really important when we're healing and all of us as coaches what we're doing i think in one sense or another way we're healers and so as we're healing others we have to have a safe container where we can do our own self-healing and where we can grow our roots like where we can root down yes so we can grow high like the deeper the roots the higher you can grow so this is what i see this container doing for all of us black women here okay so like our connection right our ability to like be feel safe like once we're feeling safe then our ability to be connected to ourselves and to other people increases and if we want to go epic shit connection those holes in our bucket need to be filled right they need to be filled in order for us to go over there and do that the next thing area we do is we work on our capacity because i talked about our capacity and the capacity we talked about this one the woman that does not require validation from anyone is the most feared individual on this planet my hadija najami right so your bucket becomes bigger right instead of your bucket being this little bitty thing one of the things we do like when we start looking at this and like using the right formula and increasing your identity right closing up those holes is actually our bucket gets bigger so we increase our capacity to handle stress it's like now, instead of being afraid of stress and, oh my God, stress, this isn't easy. Instead of going, this isn't meant for me, we don't have that connection anymore. It's like, oh, it's time for me to double down on it. What do I need? How do I need to do this? Wouldn't it be nice to know that when the shit hits the fan, that you had the capacity to step up, to double down and to like, okay, I'm going to do this, but not from this forced fight but from complete certainty and safety right wouldn't that be nice to be able to do that because shit happens when you're going upstream and you're doing epic shit it's not if it's when stuff happens and if you have the capacity to handle it your husband doesn't like it right or the client that you got asked for a refund or your presentation, you forgot one whole thing or your slides messed up, right? Or the product launch that you did didn't work, right? You have a larger capacity to be able to fail. That's why I did that failure challenge. Did any of you guys do that failure challenge? Like you increase your capacity to like withhold. Sometimes stuff doesn't work. Like you're going on the hundredth date. Yeah, still haven't found the man of my dream or the woman of my dream. I still am not partnered, but my capacity has increased. Okay, we don't have to keep the bucket that small. We can close the holes, but we can also increase our capacity. Okay, I want to talk about that and share another example with you guys of capacity. All right, let's go. I'm an expert in people. I know how people think. I know how people make decisions. 
And that's the main thing that is driving sales is understanding how people work. And so I always say, if you understand people, you can understand sales. Oh my, I absolutely love this. And I think that's like the value of life coaching in general, because it improves your relationship with yourself. And when you improve your relationship with yourself, you improve your relationship with others. And relationships are all about business. Like, that's it. Like you said, so good. Yes. And as you, like you're my life coach, and I've been working with you for a really long time. And so many of the things that you have taught me have been improving my relationship with myself as my business has grown. And so that still core life coaching part of who I am has always been intact, even as my business has grown. Yes, yes. And that leads to a question because so many of us, especially coaches, I see us investing heavily in our business, but not on ourselves, like on that part of us, like that general life coaching self. It's like, and I get it because it's like, if I need to make money and I have a, I have a pot of money, like where should it go? And for the most part, a lot of people think concentrating on business is the answer. What would you say to that? I would say you need both. And I also just believe in being a product of your product. I'm sure we've heard that before where if you're selling any sort of coaching, having a general life coach as your baseline and your foundation, I think just make sure that you are a product of the work that you are also selling. And so one of my favorite things about just having you as my life coach is I get to bring it all, right? I get to talk a little business. I get to talk about my marriage. I get to talk about my family. I get to talk about it all. And I think just having that space on your calendar where you know, okay, I'm going to take this to break is really, really important. And I also say too, it also goes down to capacity. When you're growing a business or like the biggest lessons that I have learned this year had to do with my capacity. Like how much can I think about? How much can I problem solve? How much can I analyze? And what having a general life coach can do is help me release some of that capacity and grow my capacity so that I'm not carrying so many things. And so I think having a general life coach is the, again, the foundation and the cornerstone of everything that you do. All right. That was DL Sharon, seven figure million dollar coach and increasing our capacity. Like that's one of the things that we really don't think about is our capacity, like as our business, as our position, as we get the corner office, as we like get the clients, we have to expand our capacity to go with that. So working on this stuff, right? The stuff that comes up because it may not come up at the level that you're at, like the tools and the training and the internalized stuff the master's tools may not come up at this level, but when you get the corner office, all that shit may come up, right? So having a place where you can come to like to increase your capacity to work on that as it happens is invaluable. Okay, next one. The answer isn't avoiding stress. I want to repeat that. The answer isn't avoiding stress, okay? It's not. I know we think, because that's what we do is we shut down. I need to shut down. I can't do this anymore, right? Like I have to avoid stress. That's not the answer. We want to increase our capacity to deal with it. As one of my coaches said the other day, when she was like, instead of driving a Toyota, we want to get and drive a forerunner four by four 
off road. Like we want to be able to get off the Audubon and go off road and have the capacity to like go up the rugged hills, go over the boulders, go through the ditch, go through the creek, go over bridges. Like we want greater capacity. We want to offer, we don't want to be a luxury car that only needs smooth surfaces. We'll never create our epic shit if we keep everything contained. And some of us, that's what we're doing is like, we're keeping everything contained on this, like, I'm going to like not be stressed out and I'm not do this. And like, we try to keep everything contained and control. That's because we're driving the Lamborghini on the Audubon, but our epic shit is off the Audubon. We need to go four-wheel drive, right? (laughs) Off-roading. So we need to expand our capacity to handle more. We don't need the smooth road. It's okay that our epic shit is off-road. We can handle that, okay? You just, bucket is bitter. Creativity, right? Creativity. Instead of like, if we have, like we filled the bucket, we filled the holes. Now we have a bigger bucket, but actually now we've expanded and now we can be creative. We could solve more problems if we allowed our stress and like we changed our relationship to our stress, increase our capacity with our stress. Then we're able to like create things that we would have never, ever imagined being able to create ever at all. Okay. I have one more video, another one minute. And this is all about creativity. This is another deeply rooted client. And I love sharing these because you also get to see who, what type of individuals, who's in deeply rooted, like the problems that we talk about and share. And so it's always good. Okay. I saw your transformation and then I got a front row seat to it. What was the impact of doing this a fighting serving energy conserving energy but moreover creating space for creating mm. yes from a space of curiosity not from a space of reactionary but i can create some shit and have right from a place of reacting like i really can do that ish and do it well right but to do it what was unknown was do it from a place of curiosity and so to even think that something is possible is being curious And so for me, the impact is I brought some of this work inside, in-house to the law school where I am. I gave it a different name and packaged it away so it's something that they might want to consume, right? Calling it mindfulness wouldn't work. I didn't think so. But now there's a long-standing waiting list. It just dropped Friday, the theme of the class, and there are folks on the waiting list. Strong, right? And this is the sixth cohort. So to even think of that, to think of stepping beyond what law schools say you t- should teach or could teach, right? Yeah, constitutional law is important, but it's also important on a heady, intellectual, even emotional, democratic level. But understanding on the level of the core of how it shapes who we are and how we show up, why we're whispering rather than speaking loudly as women, or why we're all of that stuff, law school doesn't touch, it packages it up. And you did personal work with me in that sometimes, you know, in that space, <laughs> like literally in my office, right? Frankly. Right of how to show up in a space where there's ample room to do so the way you choose. And so that's what this work, because I didn't see the choice. I didn't see the reactionary is, it's hard to catch with this choice when you're solely in reactionary. Right. And listen, like, I don't think we shouldn't be angry. I think anger is one of those emotions that we get to understand what's underneath it. And understand that. But if we're walking around angry all the time, that's like a good cue 
to do some unpacking and to do some of this work. And I think the model and the work that we do and we did together, you know, was important for that. So yeah, and anger is consuming. Like it can yeah. be consuming. And what I learned is anger for me can burn the house down. Mm-hmm. Right. Which sometimes you do need that. But for me, I needed someone who can hold space with me with the tools that they use, because you know I brought it to unpack that anger, what you said, to, to hold space with that anger, to even see that there's choice to even be angry or even choose to be angry, be angry, and then choose how you want to show up with that. Man, that was monumental. I was like, wait, I can be angry and still decide to go get my pedicure? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right? Understanding like, and the creativity that she used I love the fact that Akila, like she used what the tools that she had and repackaged it. And then now she teaches a class in the law school and used her creativity because she did this work. And when we think about this, that's why I keep saying like, are we, is stress costing us millions? What's your creative idea that you can't even access because you're angry, because you're like bitter, because you're feeling powerless, because it's supposed to be easy? What is it like because you haven't worked on your capacity, right? Or you don't even feel connected to you, your dream, your goals, other people, everything. You're lonely, even though you are a member of all the sororities and all the church things like you're lonely, all of it. That's why I think this is our work, because I think that's how we get to our epicness. And our epicness lies in our creativity. Our epicness lies on us being capable and expanding our capacity as our business grows, right? Like not at the level now, but have you worked on the capacity that your epic level needs? Do you have the capacity to handle that? Because if you're barely, if you kind of getting stressed off and like ticked off now and you're at 500K and you want to go to a million, that shit doubles with that. Like we always want to double the income, but we forget like if you want to be director and you got now 500 people underneath you, that shit doubles. Have you worked on your capacity, right? Because when we get there, you don't want to be worried about, I shouldn't be here. Oh my God, they like it. And like worried about losing it as soon as you get there. Can you keep it? We know we can get there, but can you keep it? Do you have the capacity to be able to keep it? And that means you feel connected. So you're not expecting your work to make you feel good. So therefore, if it doesn't make you feel good, you like, okay, we got work to do. We're going to do all right, right? I feel connected with me, my other sisters, my family, my friend. I don't have that sense of loneliness. I own who I am. I'm connected. I've increased my capacity to the point where I'm at. And I've unleashed my creativity. This is what happens when we are stressed freedom. Like, I'm not saying free because of what I said. The goal isn't to avoid stress. We want to go off-road, right? Stress freedom. Now that I have a four-wheel drive, four by four with the big old tires and everything, I am free to get off-road. I'm not required to stay on the Autobahn with all like stuff. Like, no, I don't care how expensive that car is. I don't care how expensive your education is, how much work you put into your driving. Yes, you have the Lamborghini, but your epic shit is off-road, Do you have that capacity? 
Okay, so let's talk about deeply rooted. What do you get? Before I talk about like, what do you get? I really want to explain one thing. I created this container. I created this container with one question. For those of you who don't know, like briefly, I worked with Brooke before she decided to cancel her mastermind. And Brooke is one of my mentors. She's the founder of the Life Coach School. She is a $50 million coach. And she did a mastermind that was $50,000 for a year. So yes. And I had my call with her and I told her what I wanted to create and what I wanted to do. And the one thing she said to me when I was creating this and looking at this, she said, if you didn't get paid till at the very end, when your clients got the result, what would you put in in your container? And that's the thought and the mindset that I had creating this. What will assure, like, if I don't get paid till after the year, what would I put in there to make sure that they get their transformation? And it's not one-on-one. It is group. There is so much value in doing this work as a group. That's a whole nother webinar, but there is so much, like, we need to be heard and we need to be heard by others. Yes, I will teach you and teach you how to be there for yourself and have your own back. But when someone is nodding their head when you're telling their story because they're relate and they're not looking at you like, what do you mean? But they're nodding. That lets you know, oh, this really is my internalized bullshit. Oh, because other people are saying it. And when you're hearing it and said in a different way, but they're saying the thoughts that's in your head, nothing. So there are things in my program that I did based on that question. So live 90 minute coaching sessions, 90, not an hour, 90 minute. We started out doing 60 minutes and we were going over. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to do a 90 minute. That's it. 90 minutes. You come in, you bring issues with you, your relationships or your work, your relationship to your work, your contribution. And we coach on it and we bring it up and you get to like, I'm reading on the outside while you're in it. And it is safe for you to be vulnerable, to share your stuff so you can increase your capacity. You're plugging those holes so that when you get to your epic shit, you have what you need so you can be creative and solve for problems that you didn't even know needed solving. Like imagine showing up at work and there, there's a presentation and people are like such and such. And it's like, yep. And here's the answer. Because now most of your attention isn't on all the stuff size, loud, all of that, like your attention is no longer on that because you're not using that formula. So now you have more. So at the presentation, when they're doing it and they're asking for feedback, your brain is like, you ain't thinking about the conversation you had with your significant other or what you wear or what you sound like. I'm solving the problem, right? This is what this allows you to do. Live quarterly coaching intensives. Why that? Because There's one thing to do our weekly session, but when we do our deeply rooted like live coaching intensive, there's something about getting out of your life, out of the stress of your life, of your everyday life and setting an intention and then traveling and going with that intention and all the other women who look like you doing the same thing. There's magic in that room when we do that. Every woman that we've ever gone through that have said that the intensives alone are worth the price of deeply rooted. 
you get four of them. They're optional. You don't have to go. Not everybody goes to them, every last one of them. And some of them, there is an additional fee, not all of them. Yes, you have to pay for getting there and your lodging. But once you get there, I take care of pretty much most of it. Okay. And then there are some, like I try to do it just once a year where there's an additional fee because I just want to do something a little bit bigger for us at least once a year. But you'll know in enough time when those are. Okay. So live quarterly coaching intensives where we really go deep and we bring up stuff that never, people get coached on stuff and it's like, I would have never made that connection. Okay. We have a Slack community. Why is that important? Because sometimes stuff happens and it happens when we ain't meeting or it's been like, we just had our meeting. It's going to be a whole nother week. You have a place in a community where you can come in, do your work, show your coaching. This is what I've seen. And not only just me, but a whole community that's like, yeah, I see you. There's something about like, I see you. Yeah, that is not invalidate your pain. Before we start going to coaching and telling you it's a thought, da, 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 it's like, yeah, that's some fucked up shit. I get it. That was unfair. I'm sorry you had to go through that, right? So you have that access there 24-7. Live guest workshops. I bring in, because I know I don't have all of the skills and tools. So as I see we need things, I bring in people and there's like five or six live workshops that we have that's already in a vault waiting for you. We have one on breath work. We have one on EFT tapping. We have one on getting into your body and somatic dance. We have one on people pleasing, right? We have one on organization. Like we have guest workshops and I regularly line them up. We do things like we did on Valentine's Day, our rose ceremony where we shared with one another. That was one of the most touching things. I think everybody's eyes were all watery on that. So we we do things like that and so much more. But that's what you get within our community. You get modules. There is direct access to our work. Our new curriculum is unveiling with this cohort. So you'll have a whole new, brand new curriculum just for you to be able to plug up those holes. You'll be able to go in within 15 minutes and like, this is my issue. Where is it? Okay, that video, I'm going to do that. I'm going to listen to that. Oh, that's how I do it. And there'll be a 24-hour bonus. 15,000 is the price. And yes, there's a payment plan. Okay, this is a one-year immersive. Why did I do one year? Because I don't want you to just use the tools, change tools. I want you to sharpen the tools. I want you to change tools because we've been using the master's tools, right? So I want you to change tools, use the tools that work. I want you to get proficient with them and I want you to sharpen those tools. So that means I want to be there when you're hammering and you're using the wrong hammer and it's like, no, you need to hammer this way. And it's like, oh, it slipped out. I want to show you how to take it out and do it. I, I want to be there through the whole process. And within this year, What we do is we work together to put ourselves in stressful situations so that our shit comes up. So we lean towards the stress. What do I mean by that, Brick? What do you mean? I mean that we pick three epic projects, experience, one in work and contribution, one with yourself and one with someone else or others. And we pick those three areas and we only do one at a time. So some of the things that people have decided on is like they're doing a self-love, self-disciplined thing. Like they want to learn to love themselves more. So they're doing a project on that. Some of the other things for work and contribution is like they want to get their first 
five clients. They want to stop doubting themselves when the boss, they want to introduce a new program to their company, right? And then with others, they work on mother-daughter relationship, mother-father relationship. They work on relationship with their spouses, significant others, their dating life. You just pick three things. In those three different areas, because those are the areas that we mostly concentrate on, and that's what brings us a lot of stress. And because we do that work, our stress comes up. The buckets, like we can't see. Here's the deal. You can't tell the holes until you fill the bucket up with water. So the epic experience is, is filling the bucket up with water. But not only do we fill the bucket up with water, we fill it up with colored water. So you know, like that is definitely coming from this bucket. And now we know where to do our work and patch the holes. Okay, does that make sense? And when we do that, eventually what happens is our bucket gets bigger. We have a bigger capacity and then we get to be creative and put our shit out there. Any questions? I've noticed that a lot of DR participants are coaches. Yes. What if you're not a coach and not interested in being one? Finally, how do you find a high achieving person? Yes. Believe it or not, I know there are a lot of coaches in Deeply Rooted. Yeah, it's coach heavy, but that's because that's the area that most people know me at, but Deeply Rooted is actually designed for the non-coach. It's designed for the non-coach, okay? So you're totally okay because the modules, everything is all focused with the non-coach in mind. I think the fact that coaches are in it speaks to the caliber of the tools and everything that's in it. And they just happen to be like, oh, Brig, I know she's an amazing coach. And so... That's why, but we are going outside of coaching containers now. And so the, it will eventually be probably 80% non-coach and 20% coaches, right? So no, it's designed like I go through it as if you're not a coach. And within the community though, like even though we're all coaches, the ish is the same, right? Totally. And your epic shit can be your epic shit, okay? Yes. Even though coaches and deepness, I'm coming from other backgrounds and helping other stress from our prior careers. Yes. Right. Totally. The stress and things that we're working on isn't necessarily things related to coaching. It's related to us as black women. How about that? Now, their epic shit may be related to their business, but how you do business is how you do business. But really, like the topic of conversation isn't about coaching and how you coach this person. It's about visibility, which we all think. It's about being too much, which we all think. It's about wanting to shut down, wanting to hide, overworking, over-nurturing. That's the stuff that we work on, okay? And what do I define as high achievement is someone who has decided that they want more, right? That they just want more. Like if you're high achieving, you know you're high achieving. It's not the amount of money you make, it's not the position you have. It's like that, uh, I want more. You know it when you are. You could be a cashier at someplace and be high achieving. Like, no, I want that manager's job. I've been going through such, such, such. Like, you know, when you're a higher achieving, like I want more. How about that? Does that answer your question? Okay. How long is the enrollment period? Thank you for asking. We go from now until March 4th, okay? We close down March 4th and we go in and like 
get the newbies up and running. Now, what I do want to say is the 24-hour bonus. For 24 hours only, but between now and five o'clock tomorrow, there's a bonus. Because what I want to do is I want to talk to you guys. So if you use the link, and I'll put the link in the chat, if you use the link, apply, we look through and go, yep, we're good. And I don't understand. I don't know why I have yet to not accept anybody, but it it is like, there's a couple of things on there, questions I want, which is one is, do you identify as a black woman? This is a container for black women. So there's just some things like application wise that I have. And then we do a console call. Like we get on, you know, 30 minutes, you can ask even more questions. You can say, I'm going to do this. You can get a feel for me. I can get a feel for you. And then you can decide. But if you book that call within the next 24 hours, meaning you do your application, we say yes, and you book that call, you don't have to hold the call within 24 hours. You just have to book it before five o'clock. And then whenever you hold that call, which is going to be this week or next week, whenever you hold that call and you're like, yeah, I kind of like this. This is what I want to do. Then you have 48 hours to make your payment arrangements, whether it's full pay or the payment plan. I don't care, right? Money is money. Then you get the bonus. So what's the bonus, Brig? The bonus is one one-on-one with me every month for the first three months. 30-minute one-on-one with me every month for the first three months. And the reason why I want to do that is because I want like to be able to help you map out your plan. Which one of the three areas do you want to work on? Like what relationship within those three, if you have three, which one do you want to work on? I want to coach you and go, I think this is more important. Like I want to be able to help guide you through the process and then map it out. Like here, study this module. This is going to be really good for you. Such, such, da, da, da. This is what I want to do here. Do this assignment. I want you to show up in Slack doing this. I give assignments in Slack. Our Slack channel is like our learning channel too. I need you to show up and do a model every week on this one thing because I'm trying to flesh out and I'm trying to help you get to where we're like unattaching to these things. The more I can clip your unattachment, the more we're filling up those holes, right? So we're increasing our capacity. All right. BrickJohnson.com forward slash application. That's where you go to apply. It's one year for you to work on you to decide this is my year to invest in me, right? We invest in everybody. We've been the caretakers of everybody. Wouldn't it be nice for one year to work on you? And with the idea of like, this is going to help me produce even more for my family, for my friend and for the world. Like imagine if you're not distracted, if your attention isn't going to all the things that we said at the very beginning, all of that shit, we fill up the holes. How much epic shit in different areas could you have? I think your relationship with yourself would be richer. I think your relationship with others would be richer. Just even if you didn't do anything but experience a better marriage. I have a participant that worked with me that went from not having any sex for three years to literally initiating and having sex weekly, multiple times a week, because she changed her relationship with herself and then changed her relationship with her significant other, right? Was that worth 15000 You bet, because the divorce, 
way more than that. And not only that, she got a promotion. Was it helpful, guys? Anything you wanted me to share differently? Any other areas? I wanted to save the physiologist because y'all know I geek out on the physiology, like for sure. But I was like, eh, I'll save that for within the container because I just want us to understand ourselves. In the container is like where we unpack it. It's like I understand and I know how and I know why. And like work on like sleep. We work on nutrition. We work on everything. Like this is a holistic approach to increasing our stress capacity and recovery. Okay, very helpful. I'm good. Yes, good. I'm glad it was helpful. I'm so, have a great week. You're welcome. I'll see you inside. We're starting in April. Yes, I can't wait. I'm like, as soon as this is over with, I'm like going to start recording like Mads, get your curriculum together. Josette and I, you guys will meet her are like putting things together. It's like amazing. The time of the calls is 1 to 2.30 on Thursdays. Yes, Central Time. The reason why is because we have people across the pond. So like I didn't want to make it too late because they're in the in morning. That's kind of like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So 2.30 is like 8.30. I did it so that it was as fair as I could for all, Okay. If I do it at night, then they can't come at all. It's in midnight. And our workshops are usually on Sundays. And hey, we may change it up and do some morning calls or whatever, like on the weekends or something. But yeah, we have a couple of participants that are on too. Thank you all for coming and sharing and showing up. I appreciate you, Fran and Shane. Leslie, Nicole, I'm so excited about you joining us. Yes. All right, guys, thank you for coming. Appreciate it. I'll see you on the inside. Bye, bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation? I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high-achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. That's deeply rooted. You can register for the wait list at brigjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.